1: You're listening to a special edition Zweig Letter podcast, putting architectural engineering, planning, and environmental consulting guru, Mark Zweig, and his team of experts, straight talk in your ear. Mark has more than 30 years of experience helping AEP and environmental firms thrive. And these podcasts deliver his invaluable management, industry, client, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter and the Zweig Letter Podcasts let you develop professionally wherever you are.
0: Hey folks, it's Randy Wilburn here with the Zweig Letter Podcast, back for another episode. I am so glad that I finally convinced Richard Massey, the editor of The Zweig Letter, to come on our podcast. This act, this podcast was actually created for the benefit of him and for The Zweig Letter itself, but I'm just I'm just certainly honored to, to have you finally on the show. Uh, everybody wants to hear from you. There's so much to be said, so much to talk about, and um, we've got a, a kind of a jam-packed show today. It's more of a free-for-all that we're going to have today with Mr. Massey, so you can hear his heart about writing and about the Zweig letter in general and in the design industry and um, how he's trying to uh, take this little corner of the world and and make his own impact with his with his writing so richard without further ado i just want to welcome you to the Zweig letter podcast it's been too long but you're finally here
2: yeah hey uh thanks randy it's good to be here and um i appreciate you uh getting this opportunity together for us I'd love to talk to our listeners out there and tell them about uh, what I do and how we get it done okay
0: well that's good so you know I know Richard you and I we we go back and forth a lot especially when it's it's deadline time and my article is due I I write a couple of articles a month or maybe one a month I don't know I lose track but uh, I mean you write an article every week um and you have you i mean you you came out i mean just tell it tell the audience a little bit about who richard massey is I, I learned more about you last week when we had our luncheon oh line, yeah the a, lunch and learn yeah which was a lot of fun but but i mean tell tell the audience just a little bit just a little teaser about your background and and uh, sure let them know what you who you are
2: yeah well uh, uh my background is in journalism uh i have a, a degree in journalism and uh For about 15 years, I worked for uh, daily newspapers, a business journal, and really, uh, I've always been uh, small to mid-market. I've never been in a a big market, but a lot of the dirty work in journalism is done at the local level, actually, and um, and that's where most journalism people uh, put food on their plates, and so, um, without going into too much detail, I've pretty much covered everything but a foreign war i mean i've been (laughs) from local courts all the way up to state supreme court state legislature i've done a couple of federal things uh and a ton of stuff um city council you know local courthouse school districts uh the cops and um you know and did business reporting uh for two and a half years um and now you know uh architecture and engineering so Outside of a foreign war, uh, I've pretty much done it all,
0: yeah. And and you're an author,
2: and uh, yes, uh, in the last <laughs> couple of years, yeah, I've become that. a published author. I'm out, I'm with a small publishing house, but uh, published nonetheless, and um, that feels pretty good.
0: Awesome, that's awesome. Well, I mean, certainly, I know we, we're we're glad to have you. I think you, you, cert, you um, just celebrated your one-year anniversary just a, a couple of months ago, back in, in uh, yes, January. I sure did. Yeah, so that's exciting. I can't believe uh, a year or more has gone by. So that's that's really exciting. So so tell me a little bit about, um, you know, your your mindset behind the Zweig letter and what you're trying to get across. I mean, we know that, you know, Mark Zweig writes the the the, 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 the masthead piece, if you will, right. uh, each each week. And uh, you know, Mark is such a fabulous writer. I just love reading his articles. And I, I have to say, if we didn't have somebody like him coming out of the gates, it would be a lot harder to get this to get this newsletter across to people because, you know. It, everybody we're fighting for attention on a daily basis and it's really difficult for people but so tell me your thought process behind what you're trying to accomplish with this live letter
2: sure uh you know what we want to do is uh is just have this uh kind of like a a weekly uh conference call with the with our readership um because you know we come out once a week, we'll have anywhere from five to six articles a week, uh, which, if you do the math, is anywhere from what twenty to twenty-four, about twenty uh, uh, a month. And yeah. so, in that time frame, if you look at it on a month-long time frame, uh, we can address a lot of issues. Yeah. And so, uh, and I don't expect our readers to read every word of every article. What I really expect them to do is to find neat little uh, golden nuggets within the publication that come out over and over and over again uh, to either reconfirm something that they already know, yeah. uh, you know, that reinforcement that we all need, that you're doing the right thing or that you're going in the right direction, or to even uh, spark in someone a brand new idea that they've never had before. So um, that's the ultimate goal of the WAG letters, just to be like that extra c-suite executive on staff uh that helps people uh make good decisions and to you know keep on top of what people are thinking and doing in that industry and um i know that we succeed in that
0: yeah and you know i i know i'm always looking forward to reading like some of the spotlight articles and um, the, the, there have been a couple of features. You did a, a couple of months ago. You did a story about that building in in San Francisco. That oh was, yeah, the
2: Leaning Tower of Millennium. Yeah, yeah that's that,
0: crazy. That and then um, there was also a really good one recently about the um, was I don't know if she was a controller or just an accountant. Oh and yeah, the, the lady a that embezzled
2: yeah. over five million dollars from her firm. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always these little tidbits out there, you know. You want to think that everything goes as planned in architecture and engineering, yeah. and that's what the public sees. They'll see a nice, pretty building or a nice big road, but you know the the normal people out there don't understand all the drama uh, that goes on behind the scenes. And every once in a while, it'll pop out and it'll become public, like you know, a 60-story office tower in San Francisco that's leaning or (laughs) a woman that steals $5 million from her uh, firm and fesses up once they catch her. She didn't try and deny it. Um, But, you know, we have uh, insurance brokers that write for us, and we have uh, team coaches that write for us, and they mention it all the time. Like, a big issue in AE industry is – is handling conflict, is handling crisis, is handling uh, these issues that go sideways. Uh, you know, and you hear a lot about RPMs and, you know, principals in charge mm-hmm. and, and how much trouble they can get into yeah. when they don't see eye to eye with the owner of the project. Right. And so that's one of the things that we always get at in, our, um, in this wag letter is, what do you do? You know, what do you do when you have a rotten apple? Even you wrote an article the other day that hasn't been published yet. But, you know, you take your time hiring, and when it comes time to firing, if you know that there's a problem, you get rid of it as fast as you can. Exactly. And I think there's a lot of people out there, you know, when they're reading this wag letter, maybe they're a young CEO, and they don't really get that yet. You know, and they know that um, you know that something is, you know, something's rotten in Denmark. Yeah. And they might need someone like you or Mark or Chad or Paul Greenhagen Mm -hmm. uh, to say, you need to get rid of that problem as quick as possible. Exactly. Because that's the only way you can get it done. And hopefully that young CEO out there who's reading this letter says, you know, Susie Q is not doing what we need her to do. And she's infecting the other employees. But, you know, just good bare bones uh, advice and tips and best practices is what uh, this wag letter is really all about. We don't strive to be fancy, uh, but we do strive to be consistent and solid and, uh, meaningful.
0: Okay. So, so what do you have, uh, what's in, in store for, for the future of this wag letter with everything changing in, in the industry? And I mean, we all get our information differently. If I want information, I can go to Google and look it up or, you know, go here or there. How, how have you, uh, continue to remain relevant in an ever-changing digital age of information
2: sure well you know we were recently added to apple news which is good every time we come out on monday morning our articles hit uh, apple news so add us to your news feed there and you can get us on your uh, mobile device so we're going to be where you are uh, another thing is, you know, we're, you know, nothing's easy in this industry and, and nothing's really easy in the world. So, you know, continue to establish our uh, social media presence um, and, and continue to build um, the readership. And. Um, and I think once one of the ways that you build the readership is you dig deeper into the org chart, which means you start to engage younger readers. Yeah. And one of the things that I uh, look to do is to get younger uh, people that are in the industry um, to start writing for us, and yeah. and it's occurring. But it's it's also a slow process because um, you know, and you know all good and well. It's you know a lot of people say they want to write an article, but when it comes time to (laughs) writing it and getting it turned in,
0: wait, did I actually have to do that? Yeah, do I actually have to crank out a
2: six hundred word article by tomorrow? Yeah, Yeah, you do. Yeah, or I'm not going to be asking you to write for us that much more. Right. Um, So it's it's easier said than done to get people to write for you because a lot of times it's just not in people's uh normal um daily or weekly routine and and once they really start to write they find out that it's not easy especially if you want to make a a point that people are going to listen to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and it's funny that you mentioned that, and I, I would just bring it up. And um, what are your thoughts, and, and maybe, maybe throw out a little tidbit of advice, especially as, since you are what I would term a, and I'm using air quotes here, a professional writer. Right. Um, you know, a lot of engineers and architects sometimes feel that they can't write their way out of a paper bag, even though these are highly intelligent individuals. What one or two pieces of advice would you give that young engineer or architect in terms of fine-tuning the craft of writing even within the scope of what they do on a regular basis
2: sure i you know one of the things that i uh it's real simple you know definitely write about what you know uh because especially in a technical field and a fact-based field uh this is not literary fiction this is reality here um it's definitely write about something that you know and um keep it simple Keep it simple. You know, I think sometimes people want to be very extravagant. But what I've found in reading and writing uh, throughout the course of my professional career and even in college is um, the simpler, the better. And that's where you can really make your strong points as opposed to trying to be creative. Uh, A lot of times that's when people fall flat because they get lost. Right. They get turned around. and they're in a big giant subdivision. They don't know where the exit is, yeah. you know, and, <laughs> and, and they've kind of, they've kind of, yeah, they've kind of turned themselves around. So, you know, very linear mm-hmm. um, and go from point A to point B and try and get there as quickly as you can.
0: Right. Okay. All right. Well, good. Well, there you go, folks. You, you hear it from the master himself on, on how to get your, how to take your writing up a notch or two. And, and certainly I know I personally have just, you know, I just learned by practicing and just writing over and, and just.
2: doing Yeah, it. I mean, and and it, it it's also muscle memory too. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. something that you have to do. Uh, is you just have to crank it out, and you have to, you know, just to put it in your schedule. Yeah, it's a, is a big part of it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So so so, tell me what it's it's like working directly with Mark Zweig. I mean, Mark is. I mean, he isn't. He is. I call him a business savant because he really is. He does know the ins and outs of running a successful business. He's taken two, two companies to uh, and put them on the Inc. 500, 5,000 list. Uh, most recently with Mark Weik Inc., which is his um, re- real estate rehabilitation and and um, development company, and then of course with most recently for us at Zwai Group back in 2013. And so, um, and I was with us back originally when we did it two years in a row. And so, um, it's, it's no small feat. Sure. And Mark is really, I mean, he's a, he's a brilliant individual. I know he can be demanding, but what's it, what's it like working with him directly and also just, you know, kind of, uh, um, um, bending yourself to his style of writing and exchanging ideas and information.
2: Sure. Well, uh, I think a big thing with Mark's wag is, and I love Mark by the way too. I, I respect him quite a bit and, uh, he signs my check and yep. he's given all of us a good, uh, standard of living here. Absolutely. So let me say that first. Uh, but two, uh, Mark is definitely demanding. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And I think the big thing with Mark is you have to earn his trust yeah. and, um, and before you have his trust, it can be tricky yeah. after you've gained his trust. Um, things get a lot better. Right. And so I think once Mark feels like that, you're going in the right direction and I needed some guidance because I'd never done architecture and engineering before I got here, I had to learn it. Uh, but once he trusts you and feels like that, you know, you're doing the right thing. Um, he really just lets you go. Yeah. And uh, and he trusts you to do what you're supposed to do, and that's I think one of the magic moments that uh, you get with that guy is that um, you get a chance to do your thing. Yeah. And but it, it does take a, a bit, and before you get to that moment, um, it's not necessarily the easiest thing. But I can tell you that process of earning Mark's trust and and earning Chad Kleinhan's trust, the new right. CEO. Um, it was a challenging task, but it, uh, very rewarding. And in the process of getting to that point, um, I grew professionally, I also grew personally from yeah. the experience. So, because if you know Mark swag, I mean, the results speak for themselves. I mean, he is super successful and he writes a column once a week for the swag letter, um, which getting back to what I was saying earlier, that's not the easiest thing to do. No. And, and when you read his stuff, um, you know, he's always spot on. And when I, I have the occasion to speak to people who are subscribers to this Wag letter, they love his stuff because he'll just come out and blurt it out. Keeps it real. Yeah, he'll say what a lot of people might be thinking, (laughs) and don't have the the courage to say. Mark will just come out and say it. Yeah, and so one of the things that makes this Wag letter unique is his voice, because I don't really think that voice exists in too many other places, anywhere, but particularly in the AE industry. So that's why he's on the masthead, and that's why he leads off. Is because there's only one Mark's Wag. He has institutional knowledge and. It's like we say, because we're, we're Gen Xers, you know, we're from that era and we knew the old school peoples, you know, once they're gone, they don't get replaced. Right. I mean, right. They're, exactly. They're, they're, they're one of a kinds and they come from a, from the old world, uh, from the old school and, uh, Mark is in, embodies that. Yeah. And so I think that's really neat. And that's one of the things that keeps me going is that we kind of have something that no one else has
0: yeah okay well yeah absolutely and when you think about you know obviously this magazine i mean the newsletter rather has run since 1992 yes and so it's we're you know we're we're getting up there so and and you know we're still trying to remain relevant which i think i think is. That's relative. I mean, to any company or any organization, especially those that are uh, creating printed material. I look back and and I remember being interviewed in Business Week in two thousand nine, and Business Week's no longer around. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, and, yeah. And just gives you perspective about how things change, even with the times and the way technology has changed and information and the flow of information. So it's, it's there's a lot to be said for that. And I know that you're trying to remain relevant in an ever-changing marketplace. And I know you guys have some plans in the future. Yeah,
2: we have some plans, you know, to, to broaden the, the readership base. Uh, but I also think that one of the things that keeps us relevant is that we're not... Um, you know, it goes back to the old uh, Caddyshack movie with Bill Murray, you know, where he's always chasing the groundhog and trying to, to catch it. And it gets him into so much trouble, you know. And and I think one of the things that, that makes this wag letter strong, I think where we would develop is the actual delivery of it. Uh, but I think the content is um, is strong. And, and I think that's what keeps us relevant is that we're not chasing Groundhogs. We're not chasing rabbits. We're we know what works, which is you know to have uh, people that know what they're talking about to write for us, and um, and to get it professionally edited and and put together, uh, and to kind of you know it is a legacy publication to a certain extent, Um, and I think that that's one of the things that makes this Wag Letter uh, special. Is that it has been around for a long time, and um, but we're not trying to turn it into, you know, some kind of crazy, you know, Buzzfeed type of website, yeah. you know, where, you know, with all the clickbait and everything. That's right. not what the swag letter does, yeah. and that's not what it is. Yeah. I think our big challenge is to is to grow the readership and and to modernize or to continue to modernize uh, some of the forms of the delivery, mm-hmm. but I think our content, it's timeless and it's universal. And I think a lot of the things that are in this wag letter could apply to running a firm in toxicology or running a firm, a law firm, right. or right. running an accounting firm. You right. know, I think a lot of the things that we talk about um, could be translated to uh, a greater realm of, of businesses.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, that that makes perfect sense. Um so so could could you tease any stories that you got that you're working on that might might be coming out in the near future in a, in, a, in a new edition of The Twilight Letter that that we should be looking out for?
2: Yeah, well, you know, it's something um uh, gosh, uh, the the you're putting me on the spot right here, but uh, <laughs> one of our uh, hot firm, best firm CEOs is is a guy by the name of David Ahrens and okay. he has a firm up in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and we're doing we're going to run a conference call with him, which is where the CEO talks about you know it's a fifteen question questionnaire, mm-hmm. just about the nuts and bolts of running um, an AE firm, and of course he's very successful, and he. Uh, he's the top guy there but David Aarons uh, I read and edited his uh, conference call the other day and um, it's really good I mean he really opened up and you know every once in a while people talk in generalities right, right. okay you know that happens but he really gets into some more detailed stuff and I was editing it uh, last Friday actually and I'm like this is pretty good. Yeah. So uh, David Aaron's uh, conference call is going to be coming up uh, here pretty soon in the okay. next few weeks, and it's awesome. a pretty it's pretty tight. It's it's really good, and I don't think there's one typo in it. Yeah. And um, so he really he and his team really did a fantastic job. Uh, we just ran a a column from Paul Greenhagen from uh, Westwood, Westwood Professional yeah. Services. You know, he was talking about. Sometimes when you, because they've bought a lot of firms, they've acquired a lot of firms in the last few years, and that firm has really, really grown. And one of the things that he was talking about in the column was that, um, and it's out on Facebook right now and on our website, is, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you acquire a firm, and the firm that you acquire might have some better ideas and better processes than yours. Right. Uh, You know, and and that you have to confront that and say, you know what, we might have acquired them, but they're doing things a little bit better than us, at least in certain departments. And that you have to, to be open to that and you can't just run roughshod over the firm that you've acquired. You have to see what they've got. And if they've got something that's better than what you have, you might have to implement it. And coming from a, a, a CEO of that stature, I think they're around a 500 man firm now, that means a lot. Yeah. And absolutely. Um, so that was a really good column. But we've always got some good stuff brewing. It's just, you know, people have to take the time and, and to, to read what these CEOs of these very successful firms are saying about how they do business. Yeah. And that's very powerful because there's only way one way you can get that knowledge is to have done it. This okay. is not theoretical stuff. Yeah.
0: Huh. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. I mean, um, just hearing you talk about Paul and, and I think humility is so key, especially in the the M&A space and and we see that a lot of, a lot of people are like oh I'm just going to buy this company and they'll just become us and that'll be that but yeah the reality is is that sometimes you, there are some there are some good ideas out there and yeah and, and, and then
2: you might acquire a firm with some super talented people exactly, and exactly. you know you don't want to run them off no because no, if not you at all. if you try and run roughshod over them they will put their resume out there somewhere else and there are executive search people out there hmm. who will yeah, we, scoop we, them we know a few yeah we know a few who will <laughs> scoop them up and say hey if you don't like it over there anymore there's a new place for you to go we've
0: got a better place for you to hang your hat
2: so. yeah and, and paul talks about all that yeah and and so i thought that was very illuminating uh but he's a major ceo but he always comes in on deadline and okay. he always has good stuff okay all so right. and those are the kind of people that we like to have in there okay Good, good, good.
0: Well, man, I you know, I really appreciate you doing this. And I, I know you, you've got a busy schedule. Um, I did have a couple more questions I want to ask you. We are doing something new here on the um, on the Zweig Letter. We want to go a little deeper for our audience. And since sure. this is an interview, uh, we want to learn who the real Richard Massey is. Oh, gosh. Now, and, and before we do that, I do want to give you a little pub. You did write a book recently called Municipal Tilt. Yes. Which I got a signed copy of. I really appreciate that. And I just started diving into it. But do you want to just give us a quick synopsis of what that's all about?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, You know, Municipal Tilt is a local election uh, set in 1995, uh, back before the Internet and cell phones and and all that stuff had really, you know, taken over uh, the discourse. And it's a local election. You know, it's the good guys versus the bad, industry versus the environment. But that's really just a backdrop. And what the what the novel is really about? It's about redemption. Okay. It's about okay. people finding their voice in a in a confusing world. Yeah. Uh, and they do find their voice. And one of the central themes is is that if you want to find your voice in this world, at some point in time, you're going to have to fight back. Absolutely. And to to hold on to what you have, or to get whatever it is that you want, because there's always going to be obstacles. Yeah. in front of you yeah. and that's with anything
0: okay well no that's awesome I can't I can't I, can, I just literally cracked it open uh looked at the forward and I'm gonna start reading it uh over the next couple of weeks so I'm, I'm looking forward I'm excited to get, yeah to <laughs> you're feedback, you're in
2: so. for a treat just okay. stick with it okay
0: yeah no I definitely will um so my other question was and I'm not gonna ask you what was the last book you well actually I will what you're you're an author what was the last book you read
2: well i'm a history guy that's right okay Uh, so i read a lot of history And the last book that i can truly remember reading i haven't read in the last few months but gosh i think i uh the last oh i read about six or seven books about a little corner uh in the southeast of france in a little area called gascony which was preparation for a book that i just finished right Uh, But I read um, it was the Bordeaux wine trade, and a historian had gone in and found all the old tax records from the 14th century and found out how much wine was actually coming through Bordeaux in the Middle Ages. And it was interesting because... Uh, they found out, uh, and the the author, she died young. She contracted cancer and passed, and it was really just a publication of her notes. Okay. But they were groundbreaking because no one had ever done it. And uh, it was an author by the name of Marjorie James. And what she had done is collected the tax records. And in 1305, you know, which is 700 years ago, is um, over 700 years ago, the volume of the Bordeaux wine trade was about a third of what it is today. Wow. Which means it was huge. I think 105,000 tons went through the port at Bordeaux. Wow. And um, so I'm a history guy, and uh, when you read that history, but it illuminates everything else that you did, but I had to read about six or seven books and some scholarly articles, uh, to figure out what was going on in that part of the world because it's kind of remote and it's kind of, uh, obscure, Mm -hmm. but it's also universal. Yeah. You know, because, you know, they started pulling out their, their grain crops and replanting them with, with, uh, grapes Mm -hmm. because why that's where the money was. Yeah. And obviously people still drink Bordeaux wine today. You can buy it at liquor world in Fayetteville. And there you you go. know, I mean, it's there just a go. brand. It's, yeah. it's a brand yeah. that has survived and thrived for Over 700, uh, years. Seven, 800 years. Wow.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. That's cool. Where did you go on your last vacation?
2: My last real vacation where I took time off. I went down to the hill country in Southwest Texas okay. to uh, visit my family mm-hmm. uh, right outside a little town called Camp Wood. We're on the West Fork of the Noasis River. Okay. All right. And um, you expect Pancho Villa and his gang of desperados <laughs> to, jump <out. laughs> to jump out from around every corner that you go out from. It's a beautiful place. I think I'm going back down there again this summer. Okay, but you know, as you get older, you realize that your family is the most important thing in your life. That's so um, I go it. down. I go down there to visit my family. My mom's there, and okay. you know, some cousins and all that stuff. So. Um, That would would really be the last place that I went. And I write so much these days, I really don't leave town that often because you have to stop everything when you leave town.
0: Yeah, how about that? So, all right, and then my last question for you is, if you could binge watch one TV series, old or new, what would it be?
2: Oh, my, that's a great question because I know binge watching is a big thing now, right? It is, it is. You know, um, I would be. You know, it, it sounds odd, but it's one of the TV shows that I grew up with watching with my mom mm-hmm. uh, that I missed dearly was Remington Steele.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say Bonanza, but you said yeah,
2: Remington Steele. Okay. Steel. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. you remember that one? Yeah, I do. With I do. Pierce Brosnan Absolutely. and and the lady, and they were solving these crimes, and uh-huh. they had like this back and forth uh, romance relationship. Right, exactly, those yeah, were fun. I remember that. that was. I loved was, those, yeah. and whenever I see. You know Remington Steel just always brings me back to a uh, a happy time, but I know it's not Game of Thrones or yeah. anything like that. But um, I would go through and watch everything from Remington Steel and then move on to something else.
0: That's funny. Yeah, no, I know there's my TV or some me TV or whatever that has all those old shows. So that's it's kind of cool to see those. So. Yeah, they, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, Richard, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be with us on actually your podcast, the yeah. Swag Letter Podcast. We really, really appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Hey. Thanks. And uh, we hope that uh, anyone out there, if you want to subscribe, uh, give us a call. Get on our our website, and you can figure out how to get our our newsletter. And otherwise, uh, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we actually have a gift for everybody listening today. And and uh, as a reminder, all ZY Group media programs like this one are available. Normally on podcast format, but also video. Uh, They're free for download on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube, just to name a few places. Um, We'd like to thank you specifically for listening to this podcast by offering you a free copy. Yes, you've heard me say it: a free copy of the Zweig Letter and a free subscription to Civil Plus Structural Engineer Magazine. Now, how often do you listen to a podcast and get a free free newsletter? and a free subscription to a magazine. Uh, Not often, folks. So I really want to encourage you just visit freetzl.zweiggroup.com. A link to all of this information, including contact information for Richard, will be in our show notes. uh, And we'd love it if you'd go to iTunes or wherever you tune into this show and give us a five-star rating and share this link with a friend. I'm Randy Wilburn, and you've been listening to ZY Group Media, part of ZY Group. Remember, we exist to make you more successful. Bye for now.
1: Thanks for tuning in to this special edition ZY Glitter podcast. We hope that you can apply Mark's no holds barred advice to your daily professional life. For a free six-week subscription of The Zweig Letter, please visit freetzl.zweiggroup.com to gain more wisdom and inspiration. In addition to information about leadership, finance, HR, and marketing your firm, subscribe today.